0: fans perspective we're back the dramatic comeback for the flying high boys it's been a while Uh, we've been very busy but we are back with a grand episode we're going to be covering the frenzy that went on Sunday night in the NBA and how the Sixers fared how they're looking going forward as well as touching on the Phillies they're about halfway through their season so we'll give a little bit of analysis as to what's been going on in the past few weeks with the Phillies but first send requests. Play us in. You have no idea how high I can fly. Welcome into a July 2nd slash 3rd, who knows when we'll get this up, edition of Flying High, the Philly Fans Perspective, and uh, by the look of my calendar, it's been two-plus months, Justin, since the two of us actually came together and did a podcast.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, um, have we aged at all? I mean, like, how old are we now?
0: I mean, I feel like I've aged a year, maybe even 10 years. I feel
1: like the bags under my eyes have grown immensely since we last spoke. Oh, man, yeah. I mean, I, I know I just I recorded a little thing by myself last week. It, just because I was itching to, um, talk sports with, with somebody, even though it was just myself. But, um, yeah, it was definitely different if definitely different to do it, um, solo. Uh, but yeah, with, with everything going on, it's like, and now we were just talking, you know, end of the school year for me is always difficult. And I know you've got a lot going on in your personal life and, um, yeah, it, but hopefully, um, we can now that it's summertime, and now that things are kind of ramping down a little bit we get back to it get going again get everybody flying high a little bit and uh yeah just get back to the normal grind
0: yeah man i mean when i went back and looked at it it was we did that flyers one with your brother on it yeah so that that in itself was i kind of watched you guys and listened and learned from y'all and then I did one episode with Jake Malusky talking about the Eagles, and then you just did the one with yourself. <laughs> and that's been the past two months. So I'm just so excited to come back together and have this going, get the Flying High going again. And my big news that uh, you touched on last week is that I will be returning to the Philadelphia area come the uh, come the fall and hoping to put together some sort of home studio or something to bring the two of us together so we can uh, do Flying High the right way in a nice room with two microphones and not over skype so if anybody knows of any cool writing jobs yeah oh i know i'm i'm really excited for that but if anybody in philly knows of any cool writing jobs or marketing jobs and needs somebody i am currently on the hunt for a job but i am grateful for my current employer who gave i gave them three months notice and they've been cool about it so uh working on the deets on getting home but uh gonna be going to a few Phil's games before the season's over that's for certain
1: yeah and uh did yeah we well, haven't missed you haven't missed a ton I know you were saying earlier uh you haven't you haven't been able to watch a ton of Phillies games and boy you have not missed a lot at all and I know we'll get into all that but um I guess we'll stick to the outline for now hey we can uh I'm actually gonna go off
0: the outline real quick just uh this is just something that i feel we should touch on and kind of as philadelphia fans um we're part of the sports universe i guess and um sometimes we get these reputations that we are not um i don't know the word for it but we're not very compassionate towards other fan bases which um i i I guess i kind of agree with that to a certain extent but uh, i don't know if you heard about that angels pitcher but uh jake skaggs Skaggs. yeah Yeah. so uh just sending our condolences out to obviously his family and angel nation that is uh something do we uh, do we know no no they're still investigating it i saw today that they said no foul play was involved and it wasn't uh suicide so i don't really know what it could be but maybe he um, some sort of other health-related issue or some, I mean, freak things happen. I guess they just said they found him in his hotel room. So uh, we'll terrible, wait and man. see. He's 27 years old, and um, I, I read a story about it today where the reporter was talking to him the day before, so it's just like it's crazy how fast something can happen like that. And you just have to be thankful uh, for the time we have here. And we, like I said, we send our condolences to angel nation and that whole team and uh, the Skaggs family and um, nothing else really you can, can say about that. It's just a, it's a situation that you never want to see happen.
1: No, it's, it's horrible. And you know, your heart goes out to everybody involved and, um, you know, wishing everybody, you know, the, uh, all of the best in that situation. There's really, it's, it's hard to ever find anything to say in that situation, but it's not, yeah, it's nice. Um, you know, thanks for bringing that up. Cause you know, I, in our craziness, we forget about, you know, we see those things and then we kind of just like go on about our day and, um, you just like kind of forget how precious life is and like how thankful we should be that we can sit here and talk sports.
0: No, no doubt about it. I mean, it's crazy that for, you know, that team, the season's going to have to go on and for his wife and family, their lives are going to have to go on. And you know, one day you have someone and I, it's a little different when the person's older, I guess, or when it's not so sudden, but a 27-year-old with nothing but potential is is something you never want to lose. So, our thoughts and prayers go out to them and just uh Hope that they can. Uh, maybe they're probably going to dedicate the rest of the season to him. Maybe have a little rally season. Uh, see see them do some good things. But thoughts and prayers go out to them. Just wanted to touch on that before we got into our Sixers talk, which was, oh, did. Uh, before we get into the Sixers talk, can we just give Woj like, man of the year the way he handled that sunday night onslaught of free agency moves it was it was insane Dude, that is
1: insane i mean i set my woge alerts on twitter um like that morning and i just like he, he's a one-man show man i mean like you i actually did it for both hockey and basketball i did it for woge and i did it for bob mckenzie who is the guy who who typically breaks all the hockey news on free agency day um and i just think it's funny how like you you know we I think we referenced before, like the four guys you can really trust. Like there's like, or maybe, maybe it's five. Like you have for football, you have like Ian Rappaport. And who is the other one uh, that I'm forgetting? Um, Shefty. 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 Then you have like Bob McKenzie for hockey. Then you have Buster only for baseball. And then you have like uh Woj for basketball. He's really the only guy. So yeah, those guys are hard at work, man. So it's, it's just, but he had, yeah, he had quite a bit of stuff to, to report on. I mean, I feel
0: like with with football, you said you have rap, uh, Rappaport and you have Schefter, and with baseball, you have Only and Kirkjian and Jason Stark. It really feels that on Sunday, it was literally just Woj says this, Woj found this out, Woj found this out, and he's just constantly ahead of the game. And I I think I saw somewhere that Woj reported that KD was going to Brooklyn before like KD even told people. I'm not sure exactly what it was, but it was so, it was something how. Woj blew Katie's cover when Katie was trying to cover. I don't exactly know what it was, but it's just amazing how he is just on twenty four seven and right from the get go. I mean, I saw. I guess Katie was the first one to go in the in the big names, but really the first thing that hit me. Let's just we'll just go over how the Sixers' day went. I the first thing I saw was JJ signed with the Pelicans. Uh, heartbroken big time for me there. <laughs> that was the hardest. I I was down for a little while and then like twenty, twenty five minutes later, Tobias signs to his big contract. And I'm like, all right, awesome, awesome. And then later in the night it just it went from I guess three to a hundred, like we were getting warmed up and then the Jimmy buckets, Al Horford deals go back to back. Uh, I don't know which one came first. Was it the Horford or the buckets? I, well,
1: you, you started seeing rumors. Um, there was like that hot rumor that, that Jimmy, first off, he tweeted something back to Chad Ochoa about like, you'll be the first guy hit up um, down there or something. And then, so then I think everybody's kind of started to panic and then, Someone tweeted, I don't know if it was Woj or not Someone basically tweeted something to the extent of It's believed that Jimmy Butler is has expressed a desire to play in Miami So I think once that tweet came out, everybody was kind of like Well, you know, this is, this is going to happen I think that's kind of when everybody realized this was going to happen It wasn't smoke anymore, it was pretty real And then the Tobias deal gets done and you're looking at that term and you're like okay this is essentially a max right it's not quite a max it's not 190 but it's 180 it's essentially a max deal they're going in all in all in on Tobias once i saw that i pretty much knew we were not getting jimmy was not coming back um so that's kind of how i saw that go down
0: yeah, I, I just remember, like I recall seeing the, something about Jimmy Butler and then all of a sudden it was like Al Horford coming to the Sixers and that was, I sat there and just thought Al Horford coming to the Sixers. Didn't know what to think. I'll, we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit. And then finally, uh, to close it off, today uh, news came out that the Sixers offered Benamax contract as well. Um, I keep seeing in the reports that they offered him, so I guess that means they're still working on it. Um,
1: I, uh, did you see that? Yes, he got he's going to get I think they reported like 164 but it's actually going to be closer to 170 I believe when the um when the salary cap goes up. So is that is that a done deal that he signed
0: or is they're still working on it but it's pretty much a done I, deal? I
1: guess I, ha- I guess I haven't seen the the tweet that says it's done but like it from all I mean for all intents and purposes I don't know why he wouldn't sign it.
0: Right. Yeah, it's been it's been all around the news cycle as well. So I figured uh, something that's just speculative wouldn't really find its way onto the number two headline on ESPN and all those
1: uh, things. But so. Yeah, we have a lot to unpack with that too because I, I don't. I think it's. I think they, they. I have generally like a good feeling about where the team is. Like I, I, I actually really like the team. Um, comparatively to where they were last year. Like, like I, I and we'll, we'll get into it. I, what, what what, do you have next? Like, cause or do you want to, do you want to do initial thoughts? Like, cause I mean, yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm thinking that just when you hear, I, I this is before Ben, I'm going to say the initial thoughts, when you hear that Horford and Jimmy Butler deal go down and you realize that this team is going to be looking uh, a little bit. I mean, at first I thought, man, what what a step back we're going to we have a huge hole at that shooting guard small forward position cuz we lose uh, we lose JJ and then we lose Jimmy Buckets I get that Tobias is there but I feel that JJ you had a great shooter but you also had a veteran leader who was really uh, kind of acting as a glue to the younger players and he wasn't afraid to call someone out but he was uh, he just kept the team together he was that veteran leader And then Jimmy Butler was someone who could take the game over. And he was another guy who would challenge you on the court, a veteran leader and someone who has uh, experienced the big game and was not afraid of the big stage where we didn't quite see that out of Tobias Harris in his first half year here. So I like entering the offseason, I thought I want Jimmy Butler back over Tobias Harris if it has to come between the two. And then I see that we signed Al Horford and immediately I think he's killed us. This is awesome. He's not going to kill us anymore. But then I get to thinking he's getting older. Uh, he's another big man. Is he going to be playing a Joel? Is he going to be serving as Joel's? He's not going to be serving as a backup with that contract, but I'm just wondering in a game that is constantly evolving to the perimeter and quicker players and your four man has to serve as a guard almost who can play the post as well. I'm initially thinking, is Horford going to be able to do that? So that's kind of where my mind was at within 20 minutes of hearing the news.
1: Yeah. Um, and I think for me, I, it's funny because like I, I think I had been talking with some people uh, about like, hey, what if we sign Al Horford like a couple of weeks back? And I, and I was like, oh, I hate that guy, you know, only because he's like, he's killed us, right? But when I saw the numbers, the Hundred and nine million, I was like, oof, that is gonna in four years. I was like, four years, hundred nine million. I was like, oh, that is gonna suck in like the back half of that deal, which may end up being true, but here my my initial thoughts are is is that Elton Brand realizes the window is open now. Durant isn't got is not going to play next year. Um if Kawhi goes to the Clippers. You know what? The NBA is awesome because you have talent spread out everywhere. Like the Warriors, like look at the West. Like the Warriors are still going to be around. Like the Rockets are still going to be good. Um, the Lakers will be better. The Clippers would be better if Kawhi goes there. Um, OKC is still good. Like the West is, is awesome and it is, there's parity there. The East is... You, know, you still have Giannis. You still have the Bucs, You still have like Toronto's a defending champion. But let's be honest: if Kawhi leaves, they're not good. Um, you you have the Sixers and you have Brooklyn, who I still think were a better team than Brooke, Brooklyn. The Sixers, when you look at the moves that were made, um, they're a better team in my opinion, and they're the they're borderline the best team in the in in the in the East. I don't I don't I don't think I don't think it's a stretch to say that. My my other big thought on this is that when I look at it, I'm like, okay, I look at it, Tobias, Richardson, Ben, Joel, Horford. Not only is this a huge team now, like they're 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 freaking gigantic. Uh they're going they're going all in on defense. So they're going all in on defense. They're they are a a they should be a dominant defensive team. Uh I think they'll struggle to score a little bit. They like like you were saying, they have to figure out um they have to figure out who's gonna score. They have to figure out who's gonna shoot, right? Um you know, because you don't have JJ now running around uh ducking in and out and running all of those picks out on the perimeter. You don't have that now. Um Tobias is gonna have to take some of that load. Richardson's gonna have to take some of that load. I mean, ideally, like Richardson and 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 Tobias are your shooters, but neither one of those guys is like a pure shooter. Horford can shoot, Embiid can shoot, Ben's the only one that can't shoot. So everybody like can shoot, but I, I worry that, there, I have two concerns. Number one, that they're still going to get absolutely killed by small guards. And number two, that, that they're going to struggle to score at times. And they're, they're going to have to rely on elite defense.
0: Yeah, and uh, I think it's it's crucial to not forget that Boston still exists. Uh, I don't think they necessarily got worse with their moves. I mean, they bring Canva in. Uh, they still have um, all their young players who really were stifled or kind of had an off year because Kyrie was being Kyrie. So I don't think we can overlook Boston yet. Uh, but that was something with Horford. Another thing that I thought was, yeah, he always killed us. But I, that just seemed to be the worst matchup for Joel. So perhaps that can help us out. But we'll get to Horford later. I think the biggest move that we need to start with is the Miami move. Uh, Jimmy Butler goes to Miami. I, I would say that's probably the biggest move. I mean, you signed, to, you signed Tobias to a max. That's a lot of money. But that's kind of, you know... You don't know exactly what you're getting with Tobias. I feel like he definitely has more to give than what he showed last season. But with Jimmy Butler leaving, that's that's just the biggest move in my opinion. And that's where we can start off. He goes to Miami. I I had not been following the Twitter too much, but I... Guess it wasn't a huge surprise that he was going to Miami. Uh, they said he had shown a lot of interest in Miami.
1: There was something about like he was really impressed with like Dwayne Wade's retirement ceremony, or it's just very weird, dude. Like you're you're okay, so you're, you're that impressed with a retirement ceremony that you want to go. Here's my soapbox. Here's my soapbox. Uh, this is why basketball is my. Fourth sport. Like this is, and again, I love all four sports or all four teams, I should say. The NBA, like, needs to figure this out because this, I don't know if there's anything they can do about it, but like, I just think they have far too many guys. Maybe this is just an athlete problem. You just got far too many guys who are, who just, who just either want to go steal a championship or you just like don't, or they just don't care about winning. Like Jimmy, to me, with this move, what this says is he doesn't care about winning. And you know what, at the end of the day, like the one side of it is, all right, Hey, go get your money, go live that life. You earned it, whatever. But there's also the other side of me that's that I'm allowed to say, you know what? I think you're a bum for making that decision, to be honest, because you, you came here talked about how much you wanted to win, all that stuff, talked about the culture here in Philly. And then you're just like, I just want to go play in Miami for who, like for who, for what, what are you going to Miami for? Like, so you can be the second best player on a, perennial eight seed that just doesn't it just doesn't make any sense so, so to me like jimmy was fraudulent like he, yeah. he he's a fraud
0: yeah and and you, there was a report out that sixers offered him the max and
1: he turned it down so i don't know about that because i i i'm gonna withhold judgment on that until i actually until it actually gets like confirmed either way because i honestly don't know i would not be surprised if if the Sixers didn't offer him the max, or if maybe if they only offered him four years, because I I honestly have a sneaking suspicion that maybe they knew that or maybe they had some concerns about Jimmy here. Uh maybe they didn't offer him I don't know. I'm sure they all I'm sure they they came to him and said, Hey, we'd like to keep you, but we're but I could I honestly wouldn't be surprised if they said we're not gonna give you the max. And Jimmy was just like, all right, I'm out. Or I could also see Him just being like, you know what, thanks, I'm out. Yeah,
0: I mean, the the way that I see it in my head, how it played out, is that they go to Jimmy, they offer him the max, and he turns it down. So then they turn around and offer Tobias that max once they know that Jimmy Butler's not coming back. Once again, it's all speculation, but just the timing. I know they were going to try and sign both them to the max, so... Maybe that's what they tried to do, and you know, Tobias said yes, and Jimmy said no. But I really, I mean, the the report came from Tom Haverstrow, who's the I guess NBC Sports national basketball reporter, or whatever. It's not Woj, so it's not uh, well, it's not Woj proof. But it's something that I could I could see that they were going all in. But the rumors were coming around even earlier in the week where he was going to go to Houston. And to me, that was the more appealing offer for the Sixers. It looks like Houston was willing to give up a ton. I Did you see that offer? It was like they were giving up Capella and Eric Gordon... And I think one more P.J. Tucker, I think they were going to send here. And I mean, just Capella and Gordon would be in my eyes. I was like, all right, if that's what we're getting for Jimmy Butler, I'm willing to give him up. But
1: but then it was just one to one on one. Right. It was just Jimmy and then Richardson. And you're kind of like waiting or kind of like, is is that it? I mean, and, and in the end, it, 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 I was OK with it because honestly, they compared pretty, pretty heavily with each other, pretty favorably. Um, and. Dude, if that's true, if he turned a max down to just to go take a max just to go play in Miami, like I, I, then I have nothing to say. Like it just just go. I mean, just go. I mean, I I, I don't have any feeling about it either way. He was here, he helped us, you know, he, he helped us to some exciting wins and he's gone. That's how I feel about it. I, I don't I don't think that I think that signing Jimmy to a max contract would have been a mistake. Uh, not maybe from a basketball, a purely a basketball perspective, but I, I don't know just this, this makes me have some concerns about who he is as a guy, as a teammate, as a person. Um, there's a little bit too, to me that then there may be too, little bit too much ego there for me. He's a, he's a lot older than everybody else in the team, you know, um, by signing tobias and then bringing in richardson they kept the core relatively young they're all relatively around the same age you know tobias is 26 richardson's 26. um i think you is he 27 25 and 25 younger so yeah oh no he played yeah he played
0: this season at 25 years old my bad. right
1: horford's older obviously but so so they kept they keep uh, uh, the core in place which i think was really important um and I don't want to sit here and bash a guy that I don't know all that much about, and that's not fair. And I don't, I don't want to do it. But I, I'm honestly okay with this. I really because I, I just think this shows me what kind of guy he really is. And it, look, it'd be one thing if you were going to play with Dwayne Wade, who was still in his prime. That's not the case. What do you, you literally are going there. It's very clear why he's going there. He's going there. He made a lifestyle decision. He did what LeBron did. He made a lifestyle decision to go and play in sunny Florida. And that's it. And best of luck to him. I mean, he, he, he's never going to beat the Sixers. He will never, mark my words, he will never beat the Sixers in in a playoff. If we ever meet in the playoffs, he's never going to beat us. So, you know, I hope he's happy.
0: Yeah, I've... I wouldn't compare him to the LeBron move because I think this was just purely Jimmy wanting to do what Jimmy wants to do, but not in the terms that he's going to go down and construct an all-star team. He's just apparently content being the guy on, like you said, a perennial eight seed.
1: And I guess he's okay with that. And that's the thing. He wouldn't wouldn't be the guy here. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like he was never going to be the guy here looking at how Simmons was treated and looking at how um, Joel was treated. But he, So he was never going to be the guy here, but this city would have loved him, dude. This city would have treated him like absolute royalty. So I don't know.
0: Yeah, I think the city
1: would have treated him
0: like royalty, but I feel like since he was only here for half a year, um, yeah, he became accustomed to the city, but I don't think it felt like home to him. And I think he was doing what, he wanted to do in the end. And he sat back and thought about it. He looked at his options, and I guess that's Miami. I, I can't bash him for wanting to go to Miami. I mean, it was his choice. He wasn't, you know, obligated to any terms with the Sixers. So it was his choice. And I respect him to a certain extent that he didn't go off and go to a super team. Like, if he went to the Lakers, I think that would have stung like no other. That would have been con- I'm trying to think of what the move would be like. I don't want to say like uh, Ray Allen hopping on the heat or something like that because I think Jimmy Butler's more effective than uh, Ray Allen was on the heat. He would have been like the big 3 of the Lakers, but if he had gone to the Lakers or even Houston, it would have stung because it would have felt like he was joining a super team where this is really the guy wants to live in Miami. He's going to be the guy in Miami, so let him be. And when you, look at the, when you look at the trade-off, we're trading an older fella who wants to be the guy for a younger player, 25 years old. Uh, similar stats to Jimmy Butler, but um, I read an article by Serena, uh, Serena Winters where she talked to a couple of professionals who covered Richardson in his time in Miami, and one, the big thing was that he was a terrible fit for the Miami Heat. They tried to throw him in as that alpha dog number one guy that Jimmy Butler thrives off of. And they said Richardson wasn't ready for it. He's going to be a perfect role player. And that's what the Sixers need really is that 2-3 role player who can hit the three-pointer. He can make plays. And Richardson seems to be a defensive monster with a long wingspan and he's quick and just a good team defender. So if we're getting a good defender back... I have no problem with it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think this team's identity now is defense. And look, I have absolutely no problem if they become like the best defensive team in 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 the East and they just shut teams down and they're just a dominant dominant defensive group. Um I guess that remains to be seen. Like I think I think Horford's your starting four, right? I, you know, obviously your your guards are um you are Ben and Richardson. Tobias is going to be the three. It's it, it. See, Brett's going to have to be creative because I don't. I don't like Tobias is your weakest defender, um, and, and I don't know if he can guard other threes. You know what I mean? Like, here's what I think.
0: Here's what I think might happen. Uh, I think that you know Tobias in the offense. I don't know how it's going to go, but I think Tobias and Richardson will be uh, kind of like switching out at two and three i think richardson will probably take uh the better player just based off he's he's a more aggressive defender uh, as opposed to um tobias so i think they might whether tobias plays the three on offense i think when it comes to matching up on d i think you'll see richardson taking the three not certain. I'm not the coach, but right. that's that's just my instinct. He has got a long wingspan. I think they said like a six ten wingspan, so he can get down there and body up a, a three as opposed to Tobias who's a little more timid.
1: Yeah, and I think that would be that would be the smart thing. But like I, I think as we were saying earlier, um the thing that concerns me is who's gonna be creating space on the floor offensively, right? Like you don't have that little um you don't have JJ darting in and out. You don't have um You know, you don't have Jimmy uh, getting open for looks. Like, who's your guy? You're you're going to at the end of the game when you need a critical three. You know, is it Tobias now? Is it Richardson? Is it is it Shake? Is it Ennis? Like, I because I mean, let's you know they did that did just happen earlier. They they signed Shake and Ennis to um, some some medium term deals, which which I thought were good because that adds to their bench, but as a five I like them I'm just sort of wondering who is gonna be that guy now like Ben like I'm not sitting here being naive enough to think that Ben's just gonna magically show up in September with a jump shot Uh, that's not I think I think there's no way that happens
0: to be honest you know maybe he's he'll improve to a 15 footer or something which would be great but there's no way that Ben's over one offseason is going to turn from can't shoot for his life, essentially, to a legitimate, even semi-legitimate, outside threat. I think we're forgetting about Zayer Smith. He seemed to have a nice shot in his short action last season, and with a full offseason to train, get stronger, and work on his skills. He's a guy that we need to look off the bench. He could be a great sixth man um, that we didn't have last season. And really, when it comes down to it, in the NBA, you need six or seven strong. The rest of the bench is the rest of the bench. You'll have your moments where Ennis makes a great play, is excellent on defense, or hits a big three. And also, we're forgetting Mike Scott, who signed Oh, back. yes. So, like, I can't believe I forgot about that. Dude, he me too. was... I don't know if he can replicate what he did last season, but he was a phenomenal three-point shooter off the bench and seemed to have ice in his veins
1: he was just not afraid to let it fly when it mattered the most Dude, I, I love that dude. Honestly, I we, we <laughs> me and my brothers would go crazy when he would make, uh, when he would make threes in the playoffs. Like there's just something about that dude. Like he does not care. And he's oh, just man. like, he's just like, he's about that. He's just like about that street life. And I love, <laughs> I love it. Like he goes to bat for his teammates. Like he fights, you know, he has that one saying that I love, but I won't say, uh, you know, it's just, it's hilarious. Like I love that dude. He just, he's, he's, uh he's Philly. That's exactly what I was going
0: to say. He is perfect for the city. And the city fell in love with him. He's got the whatever. Is it like the Scott Hive? some sort of Yeah, group?
1: Scott Hive, yeah.
0: Scott Hive. And I saw somewhere on Twitter where some basketball team or something was trying to send him a free jersey, and the logo looked kind of like the Celtics logo. And he was basically like, F off, get out of here. That looks like the oh, Celtics no. logo. I'm not wearing <laughs> that. So I think he loves being on the Sixers and – that's a guy that slipped right over my head. So I mean Mike Scott and Zaire Smith, those are two really solid options off the bench and all of a sudden there's and your, you have
1: Tybule right you have you have Matisse Tybule. Um, yeah we'll we'll see what we'll see what he is. <laughs> but yeah I, I forgot about uh, I forgot about Zaire because um, you, you know he had he had the Phantom you know, freshman year injury that every uh Sixer goes through. Um and so we didn't see him um at all last year. But um I I agree. I I think the bench the bench isn't in bad shape. Um the problem is they don't really have any more money to do anything. Uh I think they only really they, they can't use a mid level exception on anybody. I think they only have about 2.2 million left and that was before I think they signed Shake and Ennis to their deals so I actually don't know what they have left. They might be over the ca- they might be over the luxury tax. I have to let me see is there a, is there like an NBA salary cap thing? There's
0: there is I think it's called like Sport Sport Track or something but I don't think let it's see. up to date yet. Because I'd, I'd gone to check the Sixers uh, cap and Jimmy Butler was still on
1: it. Just looking it up now. Uh, NBA salary cap by team. All right. So, where are you? S- yeah. 76ers. Where are we? Where are we? Where are we? Why can't I find us? Uh, 76ers. Um, Oh yeah dude it looks like we are over uh it says minus seven million four hundred sixty five thousand so I think the of available space, so I think we're officially into the luxury tax
0: I honestly have no idea what that means i I know what the luxury tax means, but there's so every sport's different with their uh with their cap
1: and whatnot so. Or, well, it says here luxury, it says Lux tax space and it says 16 million. So I, I guess, or is there a buffer? There must be a buffer number. Uh, it's so like when you go, so I don't know what they, I sound like I don't know what I'm talking about, but only it, it says if, if you look at active cap, active cap, it says 116 million, And then, um. That's so they're using all of their total cap right now. So they are at their they're at they they're at I think they're at their cap floor, or not their floor, but they're at their cap red line. So I'm pretty sure they don't have any more money to spend essentially. So
0: Yeah, so they can't get any of those uh I guess Danny Green's still on the board. That's yeah, kind of the biggest. Danny
1: Green affordable. I would've liked to try to get Pat Beverly too. Um but uh Seth
0: Curry just signed with somebody. So he's off the board. Right. Um, But I mean, overall, when you're looking at this roster now, we kind of covered all of the moves. After thinking about it for a few days and seeing that Ben is signing to that max, I mean, I'm confident. I like the Horford move now, even if it's just for the purpose of a veteran leader. He kind of fills JJ's shoes there. And Horford's, he's old school basketball, I feel. I don't know if I'm wrong in saying that because he does shoot threes and he is versatile, but I feel like he's just hard nose. I'm going to tough you up. And he bullied Joel Embiid every single time that we played the Boston Celtics. So if he can bring that to the, if he can bring that any sort, the worst thing that could happen is he comes here and he's a bust and it's like, man, he killed us twice. But best case scenario, he comes here, mentors Joel, teaches him the way while helping this team make a championship run.
1: Yeah, I don't see that happening. Like I don't see him coming here and be a bust. Like I think for the two for two of those years he's gonna be just fine. Like I think he's gonna be I think he's gonna be really good here, actually. Um and I know that it's th- not, you know, the term and the the, the A V is not what you really want to see for a 33 old player that the writing is on the wall. The window is now. Like the, the time for this team to win is is next year. Like they they got to win. They got to get to the Eastern Conference Finals. They got to get to the finals because when Durant's back, I mean, now you got to deal with Durant. I know it's going to be post, you know, after one of the uh, the, the worst injuries you can possibly have. Um, you know th- that Brooklyn team will be. Will be pretty good, you know, if not very good, just based on the fact that he's there. So, um, and like you said, there's other teams lurking, like Boston's still going to be pretty decent. Um, I don't think Kemba's all that, but he's pretty good. It's really to me. Dude, it's,
0: uh, every time, every time we played Charlotte, he was I that know, good. dude.
1: Sixty points, like, give me a break. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm not, I forget. I just remember watching that game, watching him just dart right by Joel every time, being like, "Oh man, we cannot stop this guy." That was frustrating. Um, but and you can't forget, You just
0: you can't forget about Milwaukee too. I know they didn't make any huge moves, but Giannis is Giannis.
1: No, he's not going uh, anywhere.
0: He's the Greek freak. And I think they just signed Wes Matthews. I don't. I mean, that's not a huge deal, but they did lose Chris Middleton. I think
1: they lost Moradich and Brogdon though too. Yeah, so they lost a few guys, but I
0: I feel like they're gonna fill it. We just can't. Giannis is good enough that he will, he will make Milwaukee known. So, I think overall, aside from the Sixers, what went down on Sunday and in the past few days is really good for the NBA in terms of spreading the love. Yep. Yep. Like it's going to be a great season. I think the, I mean, if I'm going to be totally honest and unpolitically correct, uh, I hate the Lakers. I hate the moves they've made. I hate LeBron and I hate Anthony Davis for doing what he did. Um, but I'm really excited that even though those two teamed up, that doesn't make them the team to beat. I'm not afraid of the Lakers at all. I'm more afraid of the Pelicans to be honest. Pelicans are looking pretty good now. Um, but the ball is in Kawhi's court. He decides whether this league is awesome or whether the Lakers get what they want because Kawhi at this moment in time is better than LeBron. There, I said
1: it. Dude, you're so right. I mean, and and I will echo what you just said. I think Ka- I think Kawhi is the best player in basketball. Like I, I I'm sorry. I mean that may you may not agree, but like watching what he did, he dragged that team to a championship. I don't care. I mean, when like, look when Durant's healthy, it's Durant, right? But like it's this year, uh, it's, it's tough, dude. It's a two, it's a two way race, honestly. And I think LeBron is third Um, right now. Anyway, right now, I think Kawhi and Durant are that good, man. Uh, Let me, let me just, let me just give you my
0: take from sitting in the seats at Game 6 of the Eastern Conference Semifinals, watching Kawhi Leonard in warm-ups. I've been to games. Uh, I haven't seen LeBron play. I, I guess I haven't seen KD play, but I've seen Kobe warm-up. seen some good players play. Kawhi Leonard <laughs> is a freaking robot, and I know people make jokes about him being a robot, but it was just like the ball was connected to his hand by an invisible rope. Uh, his handles were unbelievable, and every shot just didn't even touch. It just tickled the net, tickled the net, tickled the net, uh, just on point. And he's, I don't know, man. It was, like, it was I don't the think most amazing foot, thing I've ever seen.
1: Yeah. I don't think his back foot jumper hit the rim. You know what I mean? Like a, every, every back foot jumper that he did, i I swear to God, just hit net. That's it. Like it just it didn't even hit. It never touched the rim. It was unbelievable. And even in the games where they weren't like when the Sixers
0: won pretty handily, Kawhi found a way to just quietly drop thirty or thirty-five points. It was always like, oh, uh, Kawhi has twenty-six going into halftime. What? When did he drop those? I don't even remember it. He's just he's a machine. He really is a machine. I don't think that. <laughs> I mean, this has taken it far and speculative, but I don't think LeBron in his prime could have led that Toronto team to a championship. And I understand that Golden State was hurt in the finals, but LeBron ran from Cleveland the first time because he couldn't do it on his own. Kawhi went to Toronto for who knows why, and he just won that championship on his own. So I hope that he stays in Toronto, to be honest. I think it makes the league very interesting, but Going to the Clippers wouldn't be the worst case scenario. Uh, if he goes to the Lakers, I I don't like how the NBA looks for the future.
1: No, me neither. It's just another super team, and and uh, I'm totally with you. If he, I think if he goes to the Clippers or stays with Toronto, the NBA is awesome, um, and it will. You know the the NBA needs him to make the right choice. So here's to hoping. But um, I will stand by my statement that the Sixers. Well, let's say So, well,
0: well, let's get a let's get a hot take okay. before the season starts hot take. Are we saying uh
1: let's start with finals or bust? Are we saying finals or bust? They 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 have to make the Eastern Conference finals, absolutely. They have to make that. But I think yes, I think they I think they need to be in the finals this year, especially if Kawhi is, is gone from the East. If Kawhi's not here, they've got to go to the finals. There's no doubt about it. They're built to win now. They their window is now. They have to win now.
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm just like, now that I'm thinking about Milwaukee losing those players, I'm trying to think what team stands in their way most. I, it's either Boston or Brooklyn, right?
1: Yeah, I would for, think so for
0: this season because I Brooklyn g- gaining Kyrie, they become automatically better. But I think Boston's going to be a better team. I think getting rid of Kyrie helps Boston. And when you look at uh, KD being out, Giannis losing all those players, it, it once again comes down to, is Kawhi going to be in Toronto? But I almost feel like that experience uh, from this past year's Eastern Conference semifinals is enough to push the Sixers past Toronto if they meet up again. But I'll never count Kawhi out after the performance he put on uh, this past year. That's for certain. Um The other thing before we move on to the Phillies, the last thing that really uh, kind of decides how this season goes is how did Ben and Joel react to that shot dropping in? Because at the moment we were all like, we know Joel's gonna become fit. He's gonna dedicate the time to become a monster. He's gonna have like the newspaper cutout of that shot on his wall every day. He looks at it. Are they gonna put in? The time and dedication to take their game to the next level, and are we going to see a new version of Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons come next year? I think that's a, another huge part in exactly how far this team can make it.
1: Oh, I mean, it, the team has the team revolves around those guys, so yeah, I, th- I think that's a fair question to ask. And I'd put my I'd put my eggs in Joel's basket more than I would Ben Simmons. Um, I don't know, man. I just. Uh, I just don't get the feeling that Ben thinks he has to change his game. I, I don't know why I had that feeling. Um, it could be – I you know, I get a bad feeling from his, his post-game presser when he was asked about his shots, like whether or not he thought he needed to get a shot, and it just – I don't know. He was just very, like, you know, monotone, like, yeah. You know, I don't, I don't know. I, I just don't think he thinks he has to change. I think he knows he is – an elite distributor. Uh, He's working on becoming an elite defender. And I I don't know. I don't think I truthfully, I don't think he thinks he needs a shot. Yeah. And that's what worries me.
0: That is, that's incredibly worrisome. It's the NBA in 2019, 2020. You need some sort of shot for me when that game ended and the season ended. Joel Embiid was by far, obviously he was publicly emotional, but it just seemed that that would eat away at him more than it would Ben Simmons. And I think for the team's sake, if Ben Simmons comes back the same player and Joel comes back as a monster who's fit and who can really dominate throughout the game and plays consistently throughout the season, I think the team's automatically better. I think there's two ways that this goes. Joel comes back, and he's a monster, and he's just able to take over, to take the team in his hands and say, we're going to the next level thanks to me and these guys around me, but thanks to me. Or the two of them work together and find a way to coexist where Ben and Joel work as one. Because in the past, especially this past season, there were times where it seemed Ben works better without Joel, and Joel works better without Ben. If Ben isn't going to work on a shot, at least find a way to coexist with
1: Joel. Yeah, they've got to find a way to both be on the court at the same time. And both, like, there ha- there has to be. But if that's another problem with how big this team is. Like, there's <laughs> it's not going to be a lot of real estate out there. You know, there's not a lot of, of, of space to move around. So, Brett's going to have to change his system, too. Um, he's got to find. I've been saying this for a year three years now he's got to find a way to put these guys in the best position to succeed he has to figure it out um and i i don't know what that's gonna look like i really i i I really don't i'm not an x's and o's basketball guy i can't break it down what he should do but all i'm along for the ride that 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 i know that much i know we're
0: all along for the ride uh it's funny. We were trying to get a Sixers recap, uh, season recap after that loss. Because I mean, I haven't even talked to you since that loss, man. Oh, I know that was devastating. That was devastating. We're not going to revisit it now. But no, God. Uh, that was that was kind of our combination of the Sixers free agency recap and the season recap because we never had a chance to touch on it. Um, uh, as we get back into doing these shows more regularly. The sixer season is still kind of out there. Uh, This was really the big moment for them. Now it's just going to be little moves and training and summer camps. So we'll stay up to date with the team. But this was the big, it was basically the Super Bowl of free agency. And it's over now. So now it's just about behind the scenes work. And then we'll start hearing more about them in August and September. Um, But I'm liking what we're seeing right now still in the hunt this could be our year um that, that sounded so generic i know right? <laughs> we're still in the hunt this could be our year but uh, i'm just cliches. I, mean, <laughs> I, I i i'm more sold than i was the other night but i still am not sold that it's a f- not even a free trip to the eastern conference finals so gonna need to see the team uh, how they how they mesh together how they work but i uh, i like what i'm seeing right now um, as opposed to how i was feeling first thing when this all broke but moving over to the Phillies um like i said haven't been able to watch them as much as i'd like to but they are almost halfway through the season right a few games left until the all-star break is that the
1: official halfway point of the season i believe so because the Phillies are 44 and well we're ha- we're past halfway because they're 40 and 44 um so we're we're more we're further along than halfway okay, so they've lied to us about the all star break <laughs> it's
0: not halfway through the season I'm uh, going to have to talk to the commission about that, but uh so more than halfway through the season, five and a half games back, and tonight is game one of maybe we're building it up to be more than it is, but it's a crucial series against the Braves early on
1: you know man um I feel like I, uh, in some ways, exhausted a lot of the negative emotion I had about this baseball season, the last podcast that I did by myself, Um, and I'll spit some of it back in now, but I'm just, I'm so underwhelmed and disappointed by this team, it's kind of hard to put into words, Um, if you remember back to how excited you and I were with the Harper signing, and you know, ordering the jerseys and good times, all that excitement. Yeah. I mean, the good think, old boy, days, ma'am. Two, 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 <laughs> three months ago. I mean, and now, and when we're sitting here now, um, looking at a team that is five and a half games out of the wild card or I'm sorry, out of, out of first place, they've dropped below the second wild card. They've been swept by the Marlins and just lost another series to the Marlins. They were swept by the Braves. They were swept by the Nationals. Um, uh, they, took that, uh, the UK, they took one against the Braves. Okay, they took one against the Braves. That was a very
0: exciting game. I was watching in Brave Country, so that's one that I remember. Like
1: this team has just completely underwhelmed. And I know that they've been they've been saddled with some really un, un you know unlucky injuries, right? A lot of unlucky injuries in the bullpen. The bullpen is, is just trash right now. They're throwing out Juan Acasio. They're throwing out Edgar Garcia. Like Adam Morgan has to go up against righties because there's nobody else. And he's really a lefty specialist. Um, And then there's the inconsistencies with the offense. Like, how is this team sending one player to the All Star game, dude? When, if I'd have told you, if I'd have told you back when we were doing our season preview that this team would send one player to the All Star game, and that player was probably only going because of the mandated one player rule, would you like, what would your thought on that be?
0: that doesn't follow the vibe of our preseason lineup predictions when they were just going to be hitting home runs every at bat. <laughs>
1: uh no, and and look, obviously again, like things have have happened that we haven't foreseen, right? Like l- l- let's go through this. I mean, you have the Nick Pavetta demotion, okay? Like you have the Odubal Herrera uh unfortunate, you know, domestic violence situation. Um, you have the, you know, you had the early injuries to Scott Kingery who was on a tear, but he's, he's kind of back to where he was. He's looking like the best hitter on the team right now. You had the early injury to Segura. You have the McCutcheon injury, which takes him out of the, and I want to tell, and I want to go to that because I feel like that was the, really the the turning point of this season. That was the downswing for this team. Like, and I'm sort of that worries me because like if 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 you just if losing one guy in his thirties you if you lose your leadoff hitter who's in his thirties and you know his best days are behind him, but he's still a pretty decent player, if that's what what turns your team like completely around in a negative way, like what does that say about your team?
0: I mean, I think it like I said, I haven't been able to watch a ton, but it just felt like once he was out. They lost a certain sort of energy where they kicked off the game with a threat. And once you lose him, who's replacing him? You got Kingery who stepped up nicely, but it's still not the sort of power threat that you got with Kutch up first. But like you said, that's not an excuse when you have Harper, you have Remuto, you have Hoskins. Uh, all these guys in the lineup that need to pick it up and quite honestly haven't been doing that. So that's on I don't know who it's on. It seems that it should be on the cuz after that 6 game losing streak when Gabe's head was dead or whatever people were calling for his head they went a few games and it seemed like the, it seems like the team is still cohesive and getting along and enjoying playing together so I I like I said I don't you're not in the you're not in the locker room and I haven't been watching enough to know but from what I saw like when Segura hits a walk off and he's flipping out and everybody's loving it the team seems like they're meshing
1: well. Like but. you you know baseball, all right? You, you, used, you used to be a pitcher, you know baseball. Like what do you want Gabe Kapler to do? Like you, do you want like Gabe Kapler can't go up there and with with runners in scoring position and two outs and and hit a single? He can't do that. Like, Gabe Kapler can only press so many buttons. Like, the manager can only press so many buttons in baseball, right? There there are times when the manager has got to make good decisions, yes. But for the majority of the time, he sets a lineup, and the lineup has to go out there and make it happen. You know what I mean? This is not a transition game. This is not basketball. This is not hockey. Like, this is not football where you have to have a – Detailed game plan. You set a lineup and the guy's got to go out and get it done. And this lineup has not gone out and got it done. They've been at times, frankly, like completely non-competitive at the plate. Um, they've, they've just made it entirely too easy on pitchers. Um, as i watch Bryce Harper go 0 for 3 like on the night like right this has just been a theme this entire season this this lineup should be so much better i wrote an article about this a couple weeks back that that i just this lineup should be so much better than it is um you know you have Hoskins who's hitting 263 right now and and he's doing everything that he can his numbers look looked at least a couple like a week ago looked decent but from the eye test you know you're not getting a lot from him you're not getting a ton from harper and it seems unfair to say that because like statistically harper's giving you what he normally does but like eye test he's not giving you he's hitting He's said like 14 or 15 home runs right now like who's uh, who's the kid from um Milwaukee. He just hit his uh, third. He just, he just hit his thirtieth. It's unreal. Like, it's unreal, man. So, you know, I think we all kind of knew you were never going to like. Is Bryce Harper worth three hundred thirty million? No, but like, you're not even getting. You're you're just getting league average play out of him right now. You know what I mean? And you're yeah. it's just this this lineup is is not league average. You know, we can talk about the pitching all we want. Like, Aaron Nola hasn't been Aaron Nola. He's looked better his last two starts. He looks pretty good tonight, keeping the, um, keeping the Braves at, at uh, you know, he's only at, I don't know how many pitches he's at, but, you know, they don't have anything on the board, and and he's been looking pretty good. So that would be three strong outings for him if he keeps us together. Pavetta's been better. Eflin's shown some kink in his armor. You know they don't have a fifth starter. We know that Vince Velasquez is terrible. They messed around with Cole Irvin. And they gotta.
0: I, they've got to stop that, man.
1: They have to. Yes, they have to. They they, they. they. But. But there's no one else. There's no one else. Like Enyel De Los Santos can't pitch here. Uh, Cole Irvin can't pitch here. They. They literally don't have anyone else. So I. I don't know what they're going to be. They're going to have to go get a fifth starter. Um, you know, uh, who, and Jake Arietta, like Jake, Jake Arrieta, oh uh, man, I can't believe we're paying that guy $75 million. He's just, he's again, he's just, he's average. I mean, he, and on most nights he's, he's getting hit all around the ballpark. He's, he's, he's not, he's a contact, he's a soft contact hitter. Who's getting hit hard or he's a soft contact pitcher. Who's getting hit hard. So I don't really know what, I don't, that doesn't bode well. So the team's got offensive problems. The team's got pitching problems for all the good that I think Matt Klintak did. There are some obvious holes that I think could have and should have been addressed that were not third base being one of them, um, you know, backup catcher bench depth, pitching depth. There's, there's a couple of things that really are glaring holes in this team. That we didn't kind of see coming. And for a team that, in my view, had the best lineup in the, in the, almost, I mean, definitely in the division, but could have been, had the best, could have had the best lineup in the National League. They're a team that is on the outside looking into the second wild card coming into the All Star game. So you're,
0: are, are you ready for my take as someone who I, I haven't watched as many games, but I'm going to try and, serve as uh a positive positive reinforcement to your uh heavily negative please negative rant um i guess it's i've watched the majority of the games that i watched recently they've won so that doesn't help like i caught two games in that atlanta series they lost one uh where they blew it and uh that sucked and then they beat atlanta once and then i watched the mets series uh that was Pretty exciting, although it was the Mets who are in deeper turmoil than, than uh, any, other, any other team in the MLB. But here's my take. We haven't even hit the all-star break yet. I know that essentially we're there, but we have not hit the all-star break yet. Baseball is a long season. Just incredibly lengthy, more than any other sport. If we learned anything last year, getting off to a hard start, even through April, does um, even through August doesn't guarantee you're gonna make the postseason. There's so much time left, and as I look at the I'm looking right now at the lineup for tonight's game, it's an incredible lineup when they're clicking. They have not been clicking lately. They have not really clicked all season. But the potential is there. We've seen the flashes out of Segura. We've seen the flashes out of Kingery. We've seen Hoskins be hot. Realmuto is solid. Jay Bruce has been a nice addition since he got here. Franco hits home runs every now and then. It's just there. And I feel like at some point, I know this is remaining hopeful and very unlike myself typically. But I just feel like at some point it's going to click. And five and a half games in the second day of July is not anything that we need to be thinking about. The biggest concern for me is the bullpen and that fifth starting spot. Maybe even the fourth starting spot because... I guess starting rotation in general, I think Nola's been, he hasn't been the Nola from last season, but it's tough to top that. So I think he's been solid enough. Uh, Like you said, Ariada hasn't been, but he's kind of gotten away with it. Um, There were moments where Pavetta looked good, but he's a mental train wreck, I guess is really what his problem was. Um, Eflin has looked solid, like you said, solid at times, uh, but really it's, I think the bats are going to come around, and I'm concerned as to that bullpen and some of the starting pitching, but I think there's so much time left. I would like to see some moves made, especially in the bullpen. I'm not sure what kind of talent we have in the minors that could come up. And I mean, at this point, do you feel like it's worth just trying younger guys as opposed to throwing
1: these same relievers out who are – Essentially, garbage. Oh man, honestly, I, I don't know. Um, I, I, I there's there's not much you can do with the bullpen because it's 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 out of necessity what they've have been having to do. I mean, apparently Tommy Hunter came in the other day and looked really good, um, so that's a good sign. Robertson is kind of on his way back. He's he's throwing again, so um, you're not gonna get. Sir Anthony back. I don't know what Arano is doing, um, but like just getting Tommy Hunter back is huge. Um, if you get Robertson back, you're doing something, and I think just you know getting Adam Morgan back to where he was earlier um, in the season would be would be huge. If you just get those things back, I think that's a huge help. Um, Hector has been really Hector Naris has been really good out of the closer spot, um, and I I know, I I, honestly, I mean, we're, he's been, he was getting talked about for like all-star game consideration, you know what I mean? So he's been really good. He had a couple of mishaps, like he, he gave up um, that home run in the, in the bottom of the ninth or top of the ninth uh, against LA Um, and then he blew the save against uh, Atlanta a couple weeks back but other than that really just a few blips on the radar nothing big he's been really solid um and then you had Vince going out there and doing doing a couple bullpen you know uh outings here and there the 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 weird the real weird thing is like Ikoff cuz isn't he still on the team cuz uh, is he being is he being used in the bullpen at all i haven't seen him at all he's been I buried mean, it says he's on the IL Oh right, he's still on the i l yeah so um, I, he had the soreness, so.
0: but like he had he had one like unbelievable start and then was just uh, obliterated.
1: Oh, oh eighteen home runs and in twenty innings uh, that you know that was a nice little story to him coming back, but obviously um you know he can't throw here uh he doesn't have when you throw you know when you when when you throw low um low heat like that like you have to be perfect and he's just he, he he can't he can't execute it to that level needed to pitch here so um the, the pitching needs to the pitching needs to take a step forward uh and the other thing is is like you know I know everybody really wanted to um and everybody was on board with like sign Madison Bumgarner, go out and get Mike Miner but like do you really want to go send prospects for these guys in a year where you're not sure you can contend? No, that's that's my answer. Be and and
0: in the past, being protective of those prospects sometimes comes back to bite you. But I feel like for someone, I don't know, is is Bumgarner so far along that? you wouldn't get a good five, six years. Like if you get five or six years out of a pitcher, I say go for it. But if you're not going to get that long term, even some sort of success out of him, I don't think it's worth sending a promising prospect. Then again, I don't know how many super promising pitching prospects we have. Um, It makes me wonder, what do you think about Keuchel? Should they have gone after him? cuz i i know that when we were going over our preseason excitement there was still that one little part of us that thought eh, this pitching staff is iffy still and pitching's big in baseball you can hit all the home runs you want but if you're giving them all right
1: back it doesn't really matter exactly and i i wasn't really on board with like adding another soft tosser to this team like i thought we had enough enough guys not throwing heat. Like, it didn't work with Cole Irvin. It didn't work with, like, Hoff. Ariadis, you know, clearly his velos dropped. So um, I really wasn't – I was fine with passing on Keuchel, even though in in hindsight it's, like, it's hard to, it's hard to justify that because of how much they struggled not having a fifth starter. So um, in hindsight it looks like a bad move only because, like, we don't – we literally – they, like, they just skipped – Vince Velasquez, they skipped over him for this game like they started Nola, I think on I think the day off might have given him normal rest, so they skipped they skipped Vince Velasquez and they're going to need somebody to go on Saturday, I think. Uh so I don't yeah, I, so that just tells you like what little confidence they have. They can't throw they know they can't throw Vince out here against Atlanta. Yeah, I've put him in the bullpen honestly I mean I know they
0: don't have a fifth starter but at this point just see if he can do it in the bullpen you know get one good inning out of Vince every game and that's better than throwing him out to get shelled every time he comes out
1: exactly so that's where I'm at with the Phillies man I think you know I appreciate your positivity, yeah, I I, positivity somehow we spun it to right negative now. I'm underwhelmed by this team. I'm hoping that they they figure it out and get get cracking again and and really this lineup breaks out and the pitching stabilizes and guys get healthy. Um because this team is far too talented I think to be outside of the wild card in this in this you know, in to be out of the division this early and to be outside of the wild card um in the East in the NL. So that's where I'm at
0: yeah man i mean just trying to keep it positive. positive five and a half is only five and a half you know win three here in atlanta and it's down to two and a half and right there's a when you look at the schedule there's a whole lot of atlanta in the second half of the season so there's going to be plenty of head-to-head opportunities to make something happen really what they need to do is stop losing two abysmal teams like uh the miami marlins yep so we'll we'll see where it goes from there but for now justin's negative i'm trying to stay positive and it's still not even we haven't seen the all-star break happen yet so there's plenty of time left but it wouldn't be philadelphian if we didn't freak out at least a little bit in july as for the other teams, uh, not too much on Eagles front. Well, anything big going on in the Flyers nation?
1: Uh, well, they just had the draft. So, and I and I touched on this last week in my um, you know my solo outing. But um, no, you know the Flyers stayed pat on uh, on free agency day. It, it really wasn't a big free agency year. On uh, you know a lot of those moves had been. Um, a lot of the big moves have been done. The field the Flyers got their big move done, been signing Kevin Hayes. Um the Flyers did not do anything sexy uh this year. Uh they 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 added two veteran defensive defensemen. Um, you know, and I think there's a varying degree of dissension based on what they gave up for those two guys. But um and then they they uh brought in Kevin Hayes, signed him for seven um what's a six years seven point one or seven years seven point one four million, which is a lot. Yes, yeah, I,
0: I saw that. Was that yeah. a big, It's it, was it's it a, you who was saying you did not like that move?
1: I didn't like the term right away, but in the in this era of free agency, you you have to overpay. They needed, they had a gaping hole at second line center. They needed a a a good player. And they got him. They knew the guy that they wanted. They went out and got him. And when you when you want to go out and get these guys, you got to spend. So they they got a they got a very good player at uh, to now play the second line, and they're deeper at center than they were. Um, but here we are again with the Flyers, where we're just hoping that this team is built on youth. So this team is is going to take a step forward if the young guys can can have bounce back years. So really that's kind of where we're at. Um, the only difference is this year they're going to get much better goaltending. They had below league average goaltending last year. They had the worst goaltending in the league. It's not sustainable. So they're going to get better goaltending with Carter Hart. They're going to actually have a decent coaching staff. And the third part of that is that they're, you know, the hope is that the young players will have bounce back years. If those three things happen, which – they should, um, the Flyers could surprise people. So that's where we're kind of at with the Flyers. We're in wait and see mode. They didn't do anything sexy on free agency um, opening day. They're not going to really do anything else. The big thing I think that will happen next is that they'll look for another young player to make the team out of camp. Um, And, uh, you know, we have to wait wait another, uh, you know, two months for that. So that's where we're at with the Flyers. Well,
0: Looks like we're doing a whole lot of waiting for everything except for the Phillies um, for the foreseeable future. I guess Eagles, it's going to be sneaking up on us, but um, hopefully we're going to get a lot more flying high. We're going to get back to some sort of consistency. Uh, I can promise you we will not do another three-month hiatus or two-month hiatus. Um, We'll at least try and get one out per month, right, Justin?
1: Absolutely, absolutely. (laughs) Try and
0: get something going, but uh, man, it's been great doing this again, finally, and not doing solo or guest appearances and just having the regular flying high. Uh, once again, we're also always open for guests coming on, but for now, this has been flying high brought to you by long shot media. Uh, thanks for tuning in and Justin, as always, it feels so good to say this. Thank you for everything you do in making this podcast
1: happen. Have a pleasant evening, my friend and go Phillies. Go phills adiós
0: so tell them what up